0: everybody, to another edition of DraftSeasonWeb.com podcast. And joining me today, it's not Caleb, and it's not Frazier. We have, in seat one, Josh Reen in the building. What's going on? And in seat two, we have Dan in the building. Hey guys, newly married, by the way, if you haven't heard, but, uh, yeah, so we are two weeks out and the podcast crew is MIA. I'm just going to assume that they are busy scouting and doing very, uh, related activities, but you know, there's also the whole bucks thing going on. I think a lot of people are emotionally damaged right now, but, um, we're going to push forward and we are going to do some draft predictions with the big day only two weeks away. We will get in our final mock draft going into that next week. But right now we want to kind of dial it back and kind of get the get the conversation started. It has been a very quiet buildup to this year's draft. Do you guys have any, like, have you been hearing anything? Like, I feel like I haven't heard a rumor in like three weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's been very quiet. Um, we're kind of coming into this draft predictions thing, and at first I was like, wow, I don't feel like I'm going to have anything to say that isn't super chalky. But I've been playing with kind of the draft and the order and some picks and looking at teams for the last couple hours, and uh, I think there's a chance it gets spicy, and I think we can make it a goal today to try to kind of get people stirred up a little bit. So yeah. maybe we can... Provide some inspiration today.
2: Provide some inspiration, and I'm uh, kind of hoping too that it's just the calm before the storm that like no one's going to know what's going on draft night, and people are going to be jumping people left and right just to secure your guys or trying to find some value.
0: Um, yeah. I mean yeah. we it, it's so weird because last year was such a different environment it was so everybody was talking there was new takes every single day and smoke then screens everywhere <laughs> That's right smoke screen season was in full capacity and now it's like I Josh and Riley made a trade not that long ago and it was like oh my god web still exists like we <laughs> there's a trade and it's just, it's such a different year. And I, like you said, Josh, I don't know if that means like calm before the storm or if it's just like, people are just really dialed in on their guys this year.
2: Yeah. I'm hoping for the either way, get a few drinks in you and it'll, it'll get riled up real quick. And there's so much anticipation this year too, that I feel like just, it's going to be, it's going to be a
0: battle.
1: Drinks start flowing, draft picks start moving.
0: Oh, yeah. I think, and that's another thing, too. I think people are waiting for draft night specifically to make these moves. There, there was some conversation around a few picks, and I'm sure we'll hit on some of those with our predictions today, but I think that a lot of teams have been waiting to pull the trigger on on a trade until draft night, until people have a few beers and start getting a little bit desperate throwing out those best offers on draft night so uh let's get started let's let's kick it off we are going four tiers we're going mild medium hot and scorching i wish i would have had some wings for this episode i just got really hungry <laughs> um let's start out i'll kick us off with my mi- mild take which is that Jamin Davis will be the first IDP selected in the draft. This was something that we had kind of touched on on the last podcast that we did uh, with the value changes. But I'm, I'm locking it in. I'm saying it. Micah Parsons is not IDP one in this draft. There's a lot of buzz behind Jamin's name and the situation that he fell into. Well, Parsons kind of in a weird spot. And I think when it's all said and done, I don't know if it's going to be first round anymore now that Riley just traded into that spot. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Um, But I do think he's going to be the first one off the board. Very, very interesting. Um,
2: Yeah. It is the perfect IDP situation. If he locks up that linebacker spot, like he, and you look at those other two guys um, that are like, Supposed, supposed to be at the top Um, with Zavin just getting arrested recently and Micah has his whole slew of personal issues. I could definitely just see someone betting on the safer pick.
1: Yeah, and if it's crazy because like pre-draft, this would have been freaking scorching take, right? I think it it is a mild one at this point. I think it's, I'm honestly to the point where I expect it. Like, we saw those landing spots, and I know I immediately was like, Jamin. At the time, I was like, he's not making it past my first pick. And I was all excited about that. Obviously, I traded that pick, but like, I'd kind of say the same thing. That pick was going to be right around 27. I'd say that's kind of still his floor, is probably the first IDP off the board.
0: Yeah, we've seen a lot of moves specifically in the second round recently. I think the first round's been a little bit quieter, but. The second round, there's been a ton of movement, and I think that may have something to do with positioning for IDPs and those sorts of things. So, let's move on. Josh, your mild take. All right. Um, My mild take is
2: one that's really near and dear to me, Um, but I looked at the team needs across the board and looked at the picks that I personally had available, and I think Mac Jones is gonna be able to become a rebel at the pick 303. Whoa! <laughs> I feel like it's been long written and when I was looking through everything today, it
0: just feels it just feels right. I like that. I fun. like the I like the boldness of calling your own, own shot, shot with that. Yeah. <laughs> with that. <laughs> <laughs> So he's
1: making it past Mingo at 24 then. eh?
0: We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's the quarterbacks are going to be one of the main stories of the night, I think, um, for sure. And Mac Jones, I mean, he's kind of fallen from a fantasy from a fantasy perspective has fallen behind the top four by a pretty considerable margin, I would say, even despite what I would consider to be a good landing spot. So. It, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would feel pretty comfortable saying that you would get them there at 3.03, but if anybody else wants in, they know where to go. They know where they got to be, so.
1: <laughs> I mean, I have 3.02. Ooh.
0: <laughs> Maybe I should
2: have kept this.
0: Do you one. want Mac
1: Jones? It's the place to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give you my mild take. Um, my mild take, and it's kind of been hinted at, Uh, But my mild take here is that Tim is going to trade out of at least one of four, five, or six. I think we'll roll around to draft day. I know he's had guys in mind. I think he's going to have a little bit of a panic move, like a panic moment where he's like, I mean, we saw what he kind of did last year. Like he he moved out of picks and kind of pushed things down the road because like it's so, you know, you feel so secure having draft picks but once you have to make those picks and they become players now all of a sudden that bust potential is there so i think tim is going to move out of at least one of those picks kind of for that reason
0: yeah that's definitely something that fits his past mo he likes to move those picks when he is on the clock and this was something that i didn't touch with my with my takes because tim is a very weird character this year with the back-to-back-to-back he has a lot of freedom to do whatever he wants in the middle of the first but i don't know if that means that he wants to triple up right there or if that is actually something that's going to encourage him to move at least one of those picks so i just i left it alone but i'm glad somebody brought it up because tim is definitely a wild card going into a couple weekends based
2: on tim's mo like you guys said like this is definitely something you do and tim's been very vocal about some of those guys in that range that he has said he wants nothing to do with too so um i could see him just locking up two guys or um and then kicking the his draft picks down the roads
0: i could definitely see that happening for sure all right let's turn the heat up a little bit in here we are going to move to our medium predictions. And my medium prediction is that Caleb is going to trade into the second overall pick in the draft. This is something that has been going on for months. The rumors surrounding Colin and the number two overall pick, a lot of speculation, That would suggest that he is going to try to move out of that pick. There are multiple suitors for that pick that have become publicly known, which are Caleb and Parker and potentially other teams as well in the market. But I think when it's said and done, Caleb just has way too much ammunition to not pull off this trade. If he's serious about getting into the mix this season, I mean, If he doesn't make the trade, if he wants Najee Harris, which I would assume would be the pick if he goes to two, then Riley is walking out of this draft with Najee. That's a conference rival. So, I mean, you're talking about a situation where you have the ammo to get up to the pick, probably keep at least one more pick in the top two rounds this year still, and land Najee Harris, which is a perfect fit on your team, where he has Miles Sanders and Antonio Gibson, two young, kind of unproven in a way running backs, he could throw Najee right into that mix. All of a sudden, that turns into a three-headed monster, and Caleb goes into this season in really good shape. I know he likes having that diversity at the back end, but to me, it just seems like such a perfect fit for him to use those picks and get up to two. Yeah, I'm definitely. gonna speak
1: on this and go next at the same time because I had almost the cap, almost the exact same thing for my medium take. Um, I was back and forth. I completely agree. Caleb, I think, isn't the prime position to move up right now. His roster is like it has a pretty deep roster, but it's just it, it's it's kind of lacking that star power, those stud power. Um, and I don't think he really needs those end of the first dart throws. That he has right now. I think we want to see him get into a position. Where he's making a premium pick. I was back on 4th. On having Caleb trade up to either 2 or 3. My original. I was kind of did a mock along with this exercise. Originally I had him going up to 3 for Najee Harris. Then I actually. In my final mock settled on him. Moving up to 2 for Kyle Pitts.
0: Oh my god.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So my logic there. like I just said, we're looking for that X factor, right? I think he's, he has high hopes for obviously Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders, and then kind of like a little wild card and Mike Davis that he can throw on that flex spot. But if you look at that tight end position on Caleb's roster right now, it's Austin Hooper, which <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. It, that's pretty gross. Probably the second grossest tight end position right now. Second to Josh. Yeah. Um, who's got, you know, Albert O in that starting spot right now. But I guess it's just he's in a position where he needs that X factor, Um, the potential of getting a player like Pitts in that spot. Um, I know he had some tweets he was firing off recently about, like, OJ, Howard, David Njoku, and maybe we're seeing a little bit of smoke screen in there. But um, my medium take is Caleb coming up to number two overall, for Kyle Pitts.
2: Yeah, and it really fits, especially with the 102. Uh, Colin could, I could definitely see him benefiting greatly. It would be so hard to get off of Pitts. I don't know if I could do it if I was in his position, but um, yeah, if he can get away with a couple of firsts for that 102 pick and just keep on stockpiling talent, it really is like uh win-win for these two franchises where they are.
1: So the, the trade that I kind of... I was kind of back and forth in compensation, and I did end up settling on... I think it would have to be Caleb's three firsts to get up to that number two overall. I just don't see coming wow. off of those picks for less. I don't yeah. see either of those guys coming off of that pick for less.
0: See, to me, I was looking at it because Caleb also has two seconds, I believe. Yes, he has uh 2.4 and 2.11. So I was kind of thinking 8 11, or 8 10 and what and 16. Yeah, that that's to me the smallest fell, package. That's yeah. reasonable. Yeah. I think that's but, possible for sure. And to me like if you're in if if uh if you're Colin and you're looking at this tra- I mean yes, Kyle Pitts is a game-changing player potentially, but I mean to to add two uh you know, premium talent still at the, at the end of the first, you're getting two pretty good players at the end of the first this year and then come right back, maybe take a quarterback at 16, something like, I mean, it, quarterback it's quarterback at eight. Yeah. Or, or that's, there you go. Trevor Lawrence right there. So, I mean, I, I think it makes a lot of sense for, yeah, like you said, for both sides where it's like, it, it just, it feels too perfect to not have it happen. But We'll see. We'll see which one of them gets, if one of them is feeling a little bit uh, weird about it. But yeah, Josh, what do, you, what do you have for your medium take?
2: All right, kind of piggybacking off of your first prediction. I have Micah Parsons, um, who pre-draft would have been like the consensus first defensive player off the board. I have him not as the first, not as the second, but the fourth Defensive player off the board. Whoa! (laughs) And it comes from um, just a bunch of the guys landing in better situations. Um, Zavin seems to have that starting position locked up. Um, There's been rumblings in camp about uh, JOK performing well in camp. And being players reminded him of the Darius Leonard, getting the Darius Leonard comp. Also, um Jamin, just the perfect opportunity lining up there too.
1: Hey, I am all for any thoughts that get Micah Parsons to me at 21. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's it's kind of something that we talked about on the values episode, which was like, is it realistic that Micah Parsons is available in the mid second? And I feel like it's starting to become realistic like it's starting to be something that people are like when they're everybody's talking about Jamin he has all the buzz Zaven, I mean like he's slotting into this like perfect role for statistics like right away and then I don't know it's just like I, I I see both sides of it Micah Parsons is in a weird spot he's got some character concerns you're not really sure what his production is going to look like and then on the other side of it is you still have this generational athlete at linebacker that could have like infinite ceiling uh, IDP like linebacker production. I mean, it's like I don't really know where the middle ground is, but I you know I could totally see um, people getting a little bit weirded out by it and he falls maybe further than he should. This is so funny because
1: we literally saw this exact same thing last year. With Isaiah (laughs) Simmons and Patrick Queen. This is the exact same scenario. Isaiah Simmons pre-draft. Everyone's like talking about him going like top eight even potentially with his potential. Same thing for Parsons. Then you get to that draft day and you just see that spot. And it's just kind of weird. And this other guy goes after him but to a way better spot. And we saw it last year. We had Patrick Queen going several picks before Isaiah Simmons. And Isaiah Simmons making it to that mid-second. It's yeah. really the same That's, thing.
0: You're
2: not yeah. wrong. You're not wrong. Definitely. Just with how many linebackers that Dallas added, it's so gross. On top of them having two established theirs, and apparently Keanu Neal is going to be a linebacker now. It's just I don't know where, I don't know what to think of it. I love the talent, but there's a lot yeah, of questions.
1: I could I could see it playing out exactly like you. S- s- Saw the Patrick Queen and Isaiah Simmons scenario last year. Patrick Queen, you know, rookie of the year kind of defensive rookie of the year type of season. Um, and then Simmons kind of struggling to get on the field, looking good when he does. And then the next year it kind of appears appears going into this year, it's kind of gonna be his he's gonna have a role. I could see the same thing for Parsons and Shaman.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're definitely playing the long game a little bit with Parsons. No matter what, no matter where he goes, I think you're still gonna have to. You're probably not gonna see that production this year, which is a big reason why people are not opting necessarily to maybe take him um, over some of these <clears> other guys where that production is gonna come a little bit quicker. And so, yeah, it'll be it's gonna be really interesting to see. I mean, you have teams in the mid second, like Caleb. I mean, Josh, you have the the third pick of the second round and then it goes Caleb me and then Riley has a couple picks. I mean, those are all teams that could use linebackers. And I think we're going to see some linebackers going with those picks. It's just going to depend on which guys we all like in those spots.
2: Definitely.
0: All right. Let's transition over to our hot takes uh this is where it starts to get weird and my hot take i i flipped on this a little bit but what i settled on is that we are going to see two quarterbacks drafted in round one there's i think it takes a trade i think it takes a trade for this to happen but i do think that tim with that 13th pick has, he's been floating out that he is interested in Justin Fields with that pick. Joe Burrow coming off the ACL, maybe some depth behind him. If a team really likes Justin Fields, Riley, who recently traded to 12, has been shopping that pick like crazy, if my sources are correct on that. And I am one of the sources because he's been <laughs> shopping it to me. So... I think that there's a situation where a team that really likes Justin Fields wants to add a premier quarterback talent to the room, makes a trade, gets to 12, gets in front of Tim just in case and lands that player. And it was I mean it was only a year ago that we saw the very first quarterback ever taken in the first round and I don't think it's crazy that this year we see two.
2: Yeah, the the quarterback thirst has been growing, like slowly in Web. Um, the trades that we've been seeing for Dak have kind of set the market, and man, those—if like one one of those picks in the first round hit, and you're sitting there with two quarterbacks, that's you just completely like doubled your investment. So, and with these two, three, even guys that are um, between. Lawrence, Fields, and uh, Lance. Um, between those three, if you can hit on one of those and have conviction in one of those guys, it seems like a a very possible thing.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it does take a trade. Uh, and right now, I'm not even convinced that Justin Fields is the second quarterback off the board. Good point. I, I yeah. think Trey Lance is right there in that conversation. And it's honestly crazy that Zach Wilson has just seemingly fallen completely out of this conversation. I know. For QB2. Yeah. You know, second overall pick, like Jets are doing some things that doesn't look bad on paper. Like, I don't know, it's just interesting. I don't know if we see it purely because of the fact that there is that kind of tier of guy. You got you got a lot of them, right? Yeah. Like I think if there were only two quarterbacks, then I 100% agree we see that second one go in the first round. With kind of what I feel like as four, three or four guys, depending on your point of view, even five, you know, I think some teams who want one are going to be a little bit more willing to just see if it comes to them. But I like the balls.
0: Yeah, well, I think I think a good thing that or a good point that Josh made was conviction. If somebody has conviction and says, I want this player It's a very similar situation to the trade that I made to get to nine. It's like I could have stayed back in the second round and took Justin Fields, Trey Lance, whatever quarterback was there, but Trevor Lawrence had a certain pull, and I think that there are guys, owners in Webb, that have very strong feelings about different quarterbacks in this class because uh, because of how talented all of these guys are. I mean, I'm not even ruling out that Caleb, if if he keeps all three of those first-round picks, maybe he takes Trey Lance with 11. I mean, he's a very big Trey Lance guy. He loves Trey Lance. He has three firsts. He gets two guys there at 8 and 10 and then locks in the, uh, the backup to Josh Allen just in case something happens, you know, like last year with Dak. Uh, right now, he only has Kirk Cousins after him, so... Um, yeah I, I mean that that's that's a good point that yeah there's gonna be really talented quarterbacks available in round two um, no matter what but yeah I, th- I think that there are certain owners that really really like Justin Fields or really really like Trey Lance and it might take a trade to get one of those guys
1: yeah definitely and you just glossed over the fact that Caleb has the Packers QB1
0: <laughs> Oh, that's not- <laughs> I forgot I forgot <laughs> Oh no, Jordan love gosh
1: only Kirk cousins the disrespect <laughs>
0: sorry I, for, I didn't look at the taxi squad earlier when I formulated this opinion my bad um also just wanted to say yeah Zach Wilson the fade on Zach Wilson is getting a little bit ridiculous and I think uh I think his name's gonna be called earlier than we think in the draft this year but that's another story um Josh hot take all
2: right my hot take is with the 103, Riley foregoing Najee, assuming that the draft goes Chasen Pitts. Riley foregoes Najee and foregoes Etienne and picks Javante Williams, 103. Um, he's a known Javante guy. And I don't know, based on these two, that he's younger, and the backfield's going to be... Him and Melvin, um, I think he's definitely talented enough to take over that backfield. And the Broncos are a good football team. Um, if the, you have an offense to bet on, like they're really just a quarterback away. So um, I could see Riley playing the long game, not necessarily needing it for this upcoming year, or, but still having that RB1 potential. Um, yeah, I could just see it happening.
0: Hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, I, that got I never. Just got me thinking. <laughs> yeah, I never even considered that Riley would not take Najee if he was there at three. But that is, I mean, he 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 does love Javante. He's a younger player. All the buzz right now out of the Broncos, like beat, is that Javante is the starter. Like he's just coming in and like taking the job. So. I mean, yeah. I wow. Okay. All right. This got interesting now.
1: It it's hard to project Melvin not having some sort of role, but like if you're Riley and you're not looking to necessarily compete 2021, then you know if you're thinking your window is 2022, 2023, when Najee's going to be 25, 26 already, it's
2: it's definitely interesting. Yeah, definitely. And aren't they like? two years age difference at least. Yeah. Two, so you get a little longevity there. and In I running know.
0: back years, that's like ten years. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Alright. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. I wonder if Riley's just been, like, planning this the whole way through. Like, yeah, guys, sure, I'm taking Najee. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, it It is a there is that aspect though where it's like, does Riley believe that Najee alone, if he is Najee and the workhorse of the Steelers, does that make him a potential contender for like the fifth spot? I guess. Transitions. Okay. Okay.
1: My hot take is that Riley does not think that Najee alone is enough to make him that contender. <laughs> Whoa! My hot dang. take is that Riley walks out of this draft with Najee and Travis Etienne. Ooh. Okay. Here's my logic. One, I said earlier I think Tim's moving out at one of those picks. Um, actually, in my mock, I have him getting this pick from Parker. To go up and get Travis Etienne at 7. So my logic here is. You look at Riley's team. The wide receivers are there. The quarterback is there. The defense while it's been scalped a little bit. Is not that bad. He has 12. He has a couple of picks in the second. He has this depth at wide receiver. Like the big hole. Is running back. So. I think he can get from 12 to six or seven at a relatively reasonable cost. Um, You know, if Parker's sitting there looking at a, in my mock, Travis Etienne ended up sitting there at seven for Parker. Parker just picked up that, you know, Zeke Elliott um, really for Parker. It's more of a depth issue on the team and maybe that possibility of picking up some additional picks, but even going up into those Tim picks, I think we could see Riley, you know, we talk about, you know, the Javante Williams and being kind of patient with it. I feel like we could also see almost the opposite of that spectrum. I think the team's good enough to push a little bit and picking up two running backs in the first round to plug into that lineup would have it looking pretty nice.
0: I'm just (laughs) sitting here like digesting all that because I feel like there is a little bit of deception around how quiet it is this year with the buildup because I don't think that necessarily means that it's going to be any less unpredictable because there are so many pathways for teams to move around this board. And like I said earlier, I don't think that teams are ready to make those moves until like right on the draft day or like right before So I think Riley making the trade for 12 was very interesting to me in the sense that he's actively positioning for something. I don't think 12 was made in the sense that he wanted a player at 12. I think it's kind of like what you're saying, Dan. I think he's trying to find a way to maybe get into the mix here after three and I mean, if he can walk out of this draft with Najee and ETN, two players that were like one, two, arguably like last year at this time, I mean, that's, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. The, not only just like the, having it mentioned
2: as like a hot take, but speaking that kind of like into existence, just kind of <laughs> makes you nervous a little bit knowing his wide receiver room and. Like, oh, that that's definitely possible.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's another thing too. I just want to mention quickly is like the pack five is so volatile right now because of Frazier kind of bowing out, starting a rebuild. You have a void to fill right now. Dave still going in as the favorite for this year, but that team's not getting any younger either. And now all of a sudden you see this sort of rush from the middle. Where Caleb is, you know, he's still right there and he's still kind of putting the team together. Josh, you're kind of in this transitional phase and now you're ready to maybe make another push. And Riley, the team that came in and just got A.J. Brown and set himself up really nicely. Now all of a sudden he has some ammunition to make a move in this draft And maybe even make himself competitive already this year. So, yeah, I think the Pac-5, the the way that it is shaped up right now is going to make the draft for Pac-5 teams very interesting in terms of moving up and down the board. Definitely. And,
2: two, just knowing how Riley likes to work the wire, like he really is just looking for that right combination of assets. So, like spot on there trying to move up from 12
1: right now that that second spot in the pack five is really just like completely up for grabs um and like with five playoff teams you're all but i'd say you're all but guaranteed that at least two teams are coming out of the pack five for a playoff spot and i think there's just going to be i i think he's closer if he could pull something like this off which i think he's kind of positioned himself to be able to do i think he can put himself in that conversation this year already.
0: Definitely, God, that's wild. Okay, all right, the juices are flowing. This, okay, here we go. Here we go. We're going into our scorching takes. These are things that probably will never ever happen, but they might. It's not like these are such. This isn't like Frazier is going to trade Jamar Chase for something. Like this is like I, my. Okay, let me just let me just give mine. We talk about speaking things into existence. This is not a rumor that is currently on the table at all, but it makes a lot of sense. Parker, who has been actively trying to trade up in this draft, chooses to use seven to trade out and pick up another star for the team. And a name that I that kind of jumped out at me a little bit, Stefan Diggs. Here's my logic on this. The running backs, he got Zeke, he has Chubb, he kind of locked that up. There are some depth concerns, yes, but I don't think that he's getting a running back at seven. I think that that pick is Devontae Smith. That's If that's what he wants, that's what he's going to get there. If that's not what he wants... Then why not move out, add in a superstar, the wide, like Stephon Diggs, breakout year, huge numbers, add that in, remove this like weird Juju Odell situation that you have with your wide receiver three, go into the year with Devontae, Diggs, and Allen Robinson, a three-headed monster at wide receiver, which is what he tried building when he traded for Odell initially, go into the year with that punt on seven and Carter on the other side of this, who has no draft capital cause he completely cut his own legs off with the David Johnson <laughs> trade gets back into seven and lands a premier talent like Devonte Smith to restart his next phase. It, it, I don't, I don't know what Carter thinks about Diggs right now, but it feels like the kind of player that he should be looking at moving on from right now. This is the perfect time a contender would want him. He's not really going to help Carter all that much in the next couple years as he's retooling. I don't know, guys. I think it might make a little bit of sense.
1: I actually inquired with Carter not that long ago about Stefan Diggs. Um, at the time, he did not seem particularly interested in moving him, but I do think it's something that he should consider and would make a lot of sense. I don't think that seven alone is nearly enough for what Stefan Diggs has shown us over the last couple of years.
0: I did. I put seven plus. I didn't really like yeah, figure I, it out, but...
1: I like the framework. It would make a lot of sense for both teams and would make Parker fucking
2: scary yeah no kidding though that three-headed monster at wide receiver and then you got three you just traded for zeke two with chubb and uh ceh like that that offense would be disgusting
1: and then your your depth is juju odell beckham a slew of some other kind of medium upside guys. Like, at, if he would pull something like this off, you're now not just looking at a team with a crazy starting lineup. You're looking at a deep team. Exactly. I guess depending on what the plus would end up being. But right. It, if you look at Carter's roster right now, it, the roster's not great. The picks, like you said, are very depleted. He doesn't have his first this year. Doesn't have his first next year. That was actually the AJ Green trade that he gave his first up next year for, um, and that honestly, right now with the way the rosters is looking, uh, that's a pretty high pick. Honestly, if I was Carter before, I would do this trade. I would do whatever I could to lock up my 2022 first, kind of like what Fraser just did.
0: Yeah, I think I think Carter needs to start exploring some of these options, and he has this player, which might be at his highest value point right now. And it seems as though it would be a perfect time to sell. I think, like we talk about with the Pack 5 this sort of race to be the number two team in the Pack 5 now, I think the big five is sort of like... Parker, to me, just feels so done with being this like underperforming team and it, it just really feels like he's gonna make a splash very soon i don't know if that means going up to two i don't know if that means trading for another big name it just feels like he's gonna put another piece into that lineup like he did with zeke because he's got the defending champ and he has dan who might be even better than the defending champ going into next season. So he's got to make a play and I think he's ready to do it. I think he's sick and tired of sitting behind and watching everybody else do it in the big five. I think he's going to make a statement and I don't know. We'll see. Josh.
2: Well, I don't know how I'm going to follow that, but, um, So, there's been a lot of buzz with Devonta Smith going at pick 107. So, it provides a really good opportunity for a team to trade up. Um, Tim, as we talked about before, moving out of six after picking up two guys. Um, I have Colin making a big move, feeling good about picking up pits and adding to his uh, Sutton wide receiver trio, moving up and picking Devonta Smith with the 106. Wow,
1: where is he moving up from? Uh that's not necessarily be a
2: future first, huh? Future first. Again, I didn't work it out really, but um,
1: find yeah, a way to make it happen. Find deal. a way.
2: Um, yeah, just looking to pick up talent for this team, and um, yeah, just starting with the wide receiver core and with having an opportunity of a guy like Devonta, maybe not as valued as high to some in this draft, that may be a good opportunity for him to, to like buy low necessarily in a way and pick up his uh, pair to Sutton.
0: Yeah. He's got some, I mean, there's definitely some pieces on the defense that are marketable. And Tim is, currently like understanding that he needs to like have a good defense so maybe there's a pathway with a future first which may be higher than six even if he's willing to to take the risk and get a guy like Devonte smith assuming that a future draft class might not be this deep trade a future first come back trade a couple of his starting uh defenders and maybe another piece in there I mean, if Tim's not in love with anybody at six, he's made these sorts of moves before, and I could definitely yeah. see it happening again. I
1: mean, this is just what I talked about with my my mild take: is Tim moving out of a pick and pushing the can <laughs> down the road a little bit? Like this yeah. is the definition. If he can pick up, say, Collins 2022 first, I mean, even even health straight up, you know, Tim might think that's a top three four pick. He's moving up in the draft. I, it's definitely the kind of move I could see Tim making. Definitely.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, this is sort of like a side part of this, but like, let's say Colin does trade down from two. I think it would also make sense if he does that to then try to move back up a couple of spots and get Devontae Smith. Like there's some maneuverability on the board where even if Colin does trade out of two, he could still possibly get back in and get a guy that he might want to take at two just to start with. I mean, Devontae Smith is like on his board. I know very highly. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I mean, you might you might see some movement in that sense as well. So, all right, Dan. Round us off with your scorching take.
1: Okay, so I said in my last one that I had Riley moving up to actually seven to take Travis Etienne. And the reason for that is because uh, Devonta Smith d- did go number six overall in my mock draft. And that's because of one of, of my scorching prediction here. So um, I know Colin loves Devonta. I know some people do love Devonta. Some people don't. Um, one other person who I know adores this player is none other than uh you corf <laughs> right here so um my prediction here and you know here's someone that's known for going and getting your guys you've shown you're not afraid to do that at any cost So my scorching take is that corf trades mike thomas <laughs> for 1.06 <laughs> 2.10 and ends <laughs> up with avanta smith and Amari Rodgers with those two picks. So Mike packs his bags back to insulin pen land. <laughs> and Mingo gets his, you know, one of his favorite players in this draft, two of his favorite players in this God. draft.
0: Incredible. Mm. I love, I love it. I love <laughs> it. This is, I mean, this is definitely like on my radar going into the night. Like, <laughs> Whether it's, whether it's Mike Thomas for a third time or if it's nine, I don't know. But getting Devontae Smith is, is on my radar going into draft night. So I'm glad that you did mention it. And if it happens to be Mike Thomas, it might just be destiny.
2: Uh, i love it it just (laughs) encompasses everything that's so great about web getting your guy the the trade backs and (laughs) the shenanigans uh, perfect perfect.
0: (laughs) oh man i think yeah i i think uh draft night when when tim is on the clock some of these weird moves are gonna start to seem really realistic (laughs) for him especially six he makes two picks and he's like all right i'm done yeah. <laughs> trades out so oh my god amazing honestly this conversation did exactly what i hoped that it would which is plant some new ideas in my mind which hopefully means that some ideas have been planted in the mind of minds of the web owners who have been uncharacteristically quiet leading up to this year's summer spectacle but uh yeah so we are two weeks out from the big night Expect some more uh, chaos potentially leading up to, but certainly on draft night. Do not let the quietness uh, deceive you. It will certainly be a night to remember. I am sure of that. So we will be back next week with our final mock draft, the final predictions. We're going to take all of this into consideration and think about exactly how the board may fall two weeks from tonight. So... Josh and Dan, thank you so much for filling in. This was a real pleasure, and you guys did great as always. So, thank you.
2: Thank you. It was great to come on anytime. Um, yeah, like you said, I'm ready to get out there and start making some what if scenarios happen, get some plans yes. rolling together now, like this. Got the juices flowing for
0: sure. Oh, yeah. All right, fellas. Well, We will see you in a couple weeks, and until next week, let's make it a great week.